You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode one, number 199. Who cares? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm James Bradley Kemsky of PhillyVoice.com. Uh, training camp uh, practice number six is now in the books. It was the first Philadelphia Eagles padded practice uh, of the offseason. A uh, lot to unpack uh, from today's practice. I think there was a lot of action, a lot of fun stuff happened today. And uh nice day once again. It's been beautiful weather for us and the players uh, all throughout training camp so far. Brandon, how are you doing, my friend? Jimmy, I'm doing well, but I realize that I never ask you how you're doing. So I need to ask you, Jimmy, how are you doing? I've been waiting and... uh it doesn't matter how you're doing. <laughs> a little uh, shout out to The Rock there. Needed to throw that in there. So I got you really good. Okay. Uh, should we get to Righteous Felon or before the break? We can. We can mention Righteous Felon Craft Jerky sponsors BGN Radio. And you should go get yourself some Righteous Felon Craft Jerky by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN, as in Bleeding Green Nation, BGN15 for 15% off. And you already know that you can use the same discount code at wildnaturepet.com for 15% off the best dog treats you can get. And also, real quickly, Jimmy, I will mention we have a review here and rating five stars from Cork a Dork on Apple Podcasts. Leave your ratings and reviews there and we'll listen, or not only we'll listen to them, we will read them and address them on the show. Title, Need More Butters. Big fan of Jimmy's mm, Cat Butters. Okay. Love the show. Uh, love following on Twitter. And go birds. So uh, also saying, P.S., using my review to tell people to get vaccinated. So there you go. I will make sure that Butters is – he's not – I locked him out of this episode. So my apologies. And Brandon, my apologies to you, by the way, too. Uh, mm. I went to ShopRite just before we, we recorded this. And I'm starving. And I've been sh- – I was shoveling grasshoppers into my face. Grasshoppers are basically like uh, – from Keebler, they're basically the same thing as uh, Thin Mints. I don't want to get into your trash takes on Girl Scout cookies again. But, uh, yeah. So my apologies if I have grasshoppers in my teeth. Uh, right now. Anyway, uh, let's just dive right in. What is your biggest takeaway from training camp practice today? Well, before we even get into that, Jimmy, I feel like we have to get to some of the non-training camp stuff, which okay. is one, because I, you know, I want to tease the good part for people. Like, you got to stay. You got to stick around for the big part. So, All right. uh, quick thing, just want to note that Quentin Nelson apparently suffered an injury, uh, the Colts starting guard. Uh, that is similar on a timetable to Carson Wentz. So more Colts bad news, which maybe that's good news for the Eagles in the sense that you're just resigned to it being a high second round pick. But then you had something interesting that I feel like you should share, Jimmy, that. I will in a second. Quentin Nelson, Nelson, by the way, is their left guard, right? I think so. Not the right guard. So on that side of the line, you have him and then uh, their left tackle is, if I'm not mistaken, Eric Fisher. Who is still recovering from what is it an Achilles tear and got cut by the Chiefs? Yeah, like late in the Chiefs season last year. So I don't, I haven't looked at like whether he's practicing or not, but I imagine he's not. So like their left side of the line is totally decimated along with their quarterback. 
uh, along with a whole host of other issues. Frank Reich is back, at least uh, for them. But yeah, uh, second round pick, a high second round pick uh, from the Colts looks probably like the most likely scenario for the Eagles going forward. Now, in other Eagles specula- speculation, um, just one quick note. I had this, I threw this at the back of like my written notes. Um, don't want this to get really like, <laughs> you know, sort of uh, aggregated all over the place, but, wow. uh, <laughs> but it, I just thought, found it uh, mildly interesting that, uh, after practice was over, there was a meeting between basically the Eagles brass. So uh, it was Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, Andy Weidel, and a small handful of, of other Eagles employees. Um, and it was off on like the far practice field. Um, and it was nowhere near any other human being. Like they were far away from, from, you know, any other person. And they huddled and were discussing whatever they were discussing. I don't know if, as I mentioned in my notes, they were just sort of, uh, taking a tally of their favorite Rita's water ice flavors, uh, that, that are offered at camp or if they were just discussing something, uh, team, trade, whatever related. But, um, I do think that that meet, the timing of that meeting was at least, m- you know, semi-interesting given that they just cleared 17 million in uh, cap space this year by restructuring the contracts of Lane Johnson and Derek Barnett. Uh, plus you have uh, over in Houston, you have uh, Deshaun Watson, who has at least been attending practices, um, not necessarily a full participant. Uh, wasn't even at practice today. So like, you put those three things together and you can start kind of, um, you know, coming up with, uh, whatever scenarios you, you want to sort of come up with in your head. Um, I know a lot of people do not want the Eagles, uh, to trade for Deshaun Watson and for good reason, in my opinion. Like, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, people are sort of turned off by his legal issues. Um, obviously he's a top five kind of quarterback, but, um, you know, Houston kind of has to do something with him, uh, one way or the other. And as we've kind of, as you have sort of compiled over the last, I don't know what, like eight, nine months, really like it's been a long time that, and there's been just report after report after report piling up that the Eagles, uh, would have interest in Deshaun Watson should be, he become available. And obviously he is very available. Uh, the Texans have, Texans have pretty much even said so. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if, you know, any kind of deal can be done with that guy, uh, before you have sort of concrete, uh, knowledge of how his legal situation is going to play out. And if you have, and you know, how, how much do they actually know about these allegations that are very serious, very skeevy <laughs> that, uh, that have been made, you know, and, and, you know, I'm sure they're, they're, you know, Big Dom is, is, has been all over that and trying to get as much information as he can. But, um, you know, certainly, uh, there, there were a lot of people at camp today, I'll say, that were kind of like, eh, it's going to happen sometime soon. Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Interesting. Big Dom, by the way, for the people who don't know, assuming just, you know, the listeners don't know everything, uh, basically the legal security guy. You know, yeah. so the guy's always standing next to you, yeah. the head coach. So, and who does backgrounds on players and everything. So, uh, yeah, we'll see about that one, Jimmy. The cited reasoning for Deshaun Watson missing practice was because he had some kind of ankle or foot issue or something. So I didn't see we'll that. See. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll see about from doing that. nothing. He has got a bad right. ankle from standing around and doing nothing. <laughs> Done much. So we'll, yeah, we'll all see. We'll see on that one for now. My biggest observation, what actually, uh, did happen at Eagles training camp that we know of is, Zach McPherson had a great day, Jimmy. And I just want to say from the beginning, 
I feel like we should call this guy Z McP because I think that's a good nickname. Okay. And I came up with it. And therefore, it is a great nickname. Uh, no, I'd think it's a fun thing to say. Uh, it's also especially useful to write out because, like, McPherson is longer. Uh, so just, to, you know, to be able to tweet it or whatever. But anyway, none of that matters. The thing that does matter is Zach McPherson had a really good practice today. The Eagles' fourth-round pick this year had four pass breakups, Jimmy. Count them, four pass breakups. Now, how those, you know, should have been, could have been interceptions. So not perfect, but... Between four pass breakups and a big pop on Jason Huntley mm-hmm. on a running play that got the Eagles defensive backs excited. Uh, some ICU 2-7, you know, shout outs there. So uh, really good, really good practice from a rookie cornerback. It's encouraging to see. I don't think he's unseating Darius Slay or Steve Nelson or even Avante Maddox in the slot. He also has the versatility to play there, but has kind of been lining more so on the outside. Uh, I don't think he'll be unseating the starters anytime soon, but it's encouraging. And he obviously had a pick yesterday, and you're kind of seeing the signs of a player who might be able to be like a long-term piece mm-hmm. or at least a good backup this year. Uh, or or both. So that was encouraging to me. He knows what he's doing. Like you know how like we we talked earlier uh, this off season about you know um, uh, Devonte Smith and how he's coming into this team. Like he knows what he's doing as a receiver. Um, he knows how to run routes. He knows how to catch the ball. Like he just he's he's a seasoned uh, sort of prospect. And I I think you can probably say some similar things about uh, McPherson in that regard. And I'll say right off the bat that he is already the most uh physical of the Eagles corners on the team right now as a rookie like right now already one of the, like the most physical uh, corner on the team like there's one rep I can't remember if we mentioned this on the if I mentioned this on the pod or not but there's one rep uh if it was either, it was either day 5 or day 4 he was going up against uh, Hakeem Butler who the team had actually is he, by the way is Hakeem Butler back at wide receiver I think so, in part because the Eagles are so thin there. You know, they've had some uh, injuries, and they kind of yeah put him back. So there. he was drafted as a wide receiver. The Eagles were converting him to tight end. Anyway, he was he was out on the outside, and he just couldn't get off the line of scrimmage against McPherson. Like he couldn't go anywhere. McPherson just had him completely locked up. Didn't even get didn't like I would never be able to like know what his route was uh, on that play that he got jammed. So he got jammed into oblivion by McPherson. And um, you know, I, I think like you mentioned the the hit. Uh, on Huntley and, uh, he's just been very physical with corners, uh, in his press coverage and even like down the field. He's been, he's been physical at the catch point. And, uh, I really like what I, what I've seen from him, uh, early on here in camp, but he's been, yeah. the, he's been the best rookie performer so far, I think. Uh, agree. And obviously Devontae Smith, you know, has been cut short a little mm-hmm. bit here because he hasn't been practicing. Although he was out at practice today, uh, doing some work on the jugs machine before practice. And then he wasn't actually like participating in warmups with his teammates, but he kind of was like stretching out a little bit with them. And I didn't see him like limping at all. So those all seem like positive signs, uh, as far as Devontae goes. It's not like he's inside the building and we're not seeing him at all. <laughs> and like, and like maybe the injury is like way worse than, uh, it seems. But, um, so that's positive. What is, I guess your next biggest thing, because we kind of started with Watson and then went to me. Yeah. You know, I think we can just talk about Jordan Mailata and, and, uh, Andre Dillard like one last time. <laughs> Cause like I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it. Like, but it's today it, it, it's, it's worth mentioning, you know, how, uh, how bad Dillard was again today. Like, um, f- before they did one on ones, uh, O line versus D line, they did, um, uh, 11 on 11 session. And, uh, during that session, like one of the first reps of the day, uh, when, when he, he was with the second team and 
Dillard, or excuse me, Wailato's with the first team. The second, uh, during the second team, Dillard was uh, going up against Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat just basically bull rushed him, and Dillard got thrown back into Joe Flacco. He hit Flacco uh, as Flacco was throwing, totally affected the throw. Uh, if Flacco had you know held onto it longer, like Dillard would have sacked Flacco on his own. Um, so there was that play, and then later. I believe it was Sweat again. I didn't see this rep, but um, I saw him. I didn't see exactly what happened, but I saw him get get knocked on his ass, frankly. And uh, he like to me like the analogy that I used. He looked like he looked like like a like a turtle like on his back, <laughs> like just kind of like flopping around or whatever. Uh, what did you see? What happened on that play? I think you had a better view of that one. I saw the one where Josh Sweat just flattened Andre Dillard into the ground, like not unlike Joe Osman just destroyed right. Andre Dillard last year. And we've talked about that play like a ton. It's just, you can't see that from your starting left tackle. Like, that literally never happens to Jordan Mailata, like ever. Or I think most NFL left tackles just getting like totally obliterated and just destroyed. Like I can never recall that happening to Jason Peters, who obviously was a, you know, a great player, but I, I'm just offensive linemen in general, other than like, you know, maybe some rookies or, you know, camp bodies. Like I just don't, I just it's a fatal don't really flaw. Yeah, you can't – it's just incredible to me how this is happening, continues to happen. It's very obvious, you know, that the bull rush has been a weakness for him going back to his rookie year, and it just it hasn't gotten any better. And I guess maybe there's just nothing that can be done, or at least that's what we're seeing, or there hasn't been any progress. So, yeah, I think the idea – again, we've already talked about this, Jimmy. The idea that this is like a competition still is just like – I'm not even going to call it a competition or it's a battle over. anyway. It's, it's just over. not. It's, it's over. Like, there's zero percent chance, you know, Andre Dillard is like winning this job. Like Jordan Mailata is the starting left tackle. And by the way, like we, our focus has sort of been on Dillard's struggles, but at the same token, like Mailata has been really good this camp. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like Mailata is winning this, uh, sort of as, as a default. He is, although he could, but he, yeah, he could. Yeah. I mean, like if he's just been sort of average, like we'd probably still be saying like it's kind of over, but he has really been very good. Like, in uh, 11 on 11s today, he pancaked Brandon Graham. Uh, he, he, you know, handled pass rushes by Graham, Sweat, uh, Derek Barnett. And uh, I, I thought he had a really good day. And I, and I think he's had a really good camp. So it's not just that um, he's winning this competition because Dillard has faltered. He has earned it in his own right. So, uh, again, like, I didn't even bother watching no-line, D-line, one-on-ones today once I saw that 11-on-11. So I was just like, this is over. Like, this is stupid to continue to even talk about this anymore. So, like, I don't really care about that camp battle anymore because in my mind, it is already set and done after just – I mean, I thought it was kind of over, like, already. But after today, like, there's just no way that anyone in in the front office or the coaching staff can give, like – any kind of thought to Dillard being the starting left tackle. And by the way, like Dill, I, we, I think we've mentioned this on the podcast, but um, he's left tackle or bust because we already know what it looks like when he plays right tackle. He can't anchor. So he can't play guard. And if you're a center, you need to have certain leadership qualities that I don't, just don't think that he has. And I don't think he's ever played guard or center anyway. So it's a, you know, it'd be a complete mm-hmm. relearning process for him. So if they can trade him, 
uh, for anything, they should do it. And if there could be some team that maybe liked him, Dillard coming out of Washington State, and for good reason, because he's got the good footwork and he looked really good as a left tackle in college. Like a lot of people thought he would potentially be like a top 10 pick. Uh, he slid. The Eagles took him. He slid for good reason, evidently. Uh, but maybe there was some team out there that liked what they saw of him as a prospect back in the day, and they'll take a chance on him. But I just don't see really any future with him with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, maybe like Houston, who the Eagles traded up ahead of. No, obviously, I don't. I don't know their situation. They got Titus Howard instead, and that's clearly, I think, worked out better for them than yes. it would have. They actually got Dillard. Um, I agree with you on Dillard. A couple quick things. I saw my lot of flatten uh, a linebacker in addition to Pancake. Oh, Randy yeah, Graham, second level. Out yes. to the second level. Yeah, and just flatten someone. I forget who it was. It might have been Eric Wilson. Um, but that was you know good to see. Uh, I, I just don't think Dillard could be on this roster, Jimmy. And I've been saying this like going back to the off season, but uh. I just don't think he's one of the best 53 players on the team. <laughs> right. Like, I, I just right. don't. Like, Agreed. he's been really bad. Like, I, I'm not seeing how he deserves to even make the team. And, and they're very deep trade. along the offensive line specifically, too. So if you keep him, you're cutting some player who's probably going to give you more value. And I just, like, what more are we going to see out of Andre Dillard at some point? Like, is he, you still have faith he's going to develop into a starter or even like a valuable backup left tackle? Like, I just, I'm not seeing it. This is a player who turns 26 in October. Like, this isn't like super young. He's still like growing into right. his body. He is what he is at this point to me. Like, I, I just don't see how he's getting much better. I would take pretty much virtually anything you can get in return for him. Jimmy, Andre Dillard has the 10th biggest cap hit. On that cap number <laughs> yeah. on the Eagles roster this year. I think I mentioned this yesterday, but did. like that's crazy to me. You're keeping this guy who isn't even good enough to be on the 53 and you're keeping him in that high, that high of a number when you could clear 1.6 by moving him. Like they have to move him. They just have to do it. Um, so I think this will be probably the last we speak about this training camp battle. I guess so. The, the only way, else. the only way that I think we can talk about it going forward is if my lotta is just horrible one day and right. Dillard is really good, but. Yep. Barring that, I don't think we need to beat this dead horse anymore. Well, I want to get to another first round pick here, Jimmy, but okay. I'll tease that and we'll get to it after the break before uh, we get to the break. Right to sell on.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off, right to sell on craft jerky. And then Jimmy. Uh, yeah, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Kristen actually just left uh, to go to a closing. So she's. Banging out deals left and right. Uh, if you need to, if you're looking to buy or sell your house or both, uh, call Kristen, 856-906-9295. Brandon. Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio episode 199. Who cares? Although we're one episode away from 200. So I, that's pretty exciting. Um, big monumentous occasion, the Eagles seventh day of training camp. Uh, that'll be tomorrow. But today, Jimmy, going from an Eagles disappointing first round pick in 2019, let's pivot to an Eagles disappointing first round pick in 2020. Mr. Jalen Rager, uh, I was watching him a little bit more closely today, intentionally in practice. And, uh, I just, I'm not seeing it, Jimmy. I'm not seeing a player who looks night and day different from year one to year two. And again, all the caveats, it's early. He is obviously dealing with a situation off the field or coming into a camp with that. And he's had lower body tightness, so he's maybe not fully healthy. But like, you know, all those excuses aside, all I've ever wanted to do, Jalen Rager to do was like, like flash, show me something, like show me something to believe in. And by contrast, Quez Watkins, 
who I think I'm stealing maybe some of your thunder here, Jimmy. But Quez <laughs> Watkins like made some plays today, yeah. and not just today, but the past couple of days, and has done some things. And I'm like, wow, that's impressive. I see like talent. I see potential here. With Jalen Rager right now, I'm just not seeing anything. I saw him today get absolutely like derouted, uh, just stuffed at the line of scrimmage by Steve Nelson and one on one got knocked off his route, which earned him a talking to from Kevin Batulo, the Eagles passing game mm-hmm. coordinator after that rep. Uh, I saw Jalen Rager be out of sync with Jalen Hurts on another one on one rep, which maybe that's Hurts' fault, but I don't know. It's just, I'm just not seeing from what I've seen so far, Jimmy, I am failing to believe how this is like Jalen Hurts's big jump from year one to year two from everything we've seen. I'm just failing to see how that scenario plays out here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had the, obviously the, the disappointing rookie season and he heard the criticisms uh, and he heard the comparisons to Justin Jefferson and he didn't like them. And he kind of vowed to do something about that and um, come out in year two and, and be great again or be great. And um, he failed a conditioning test. So like, I, I understand like, yeah, like that I, and I'm sympathetic to, the certainly the uh the tragedy that he uh that you know happened to his uh close friend um but you're a wide receiver and fail a conditioning test it's just kind of it's just kind of unacceptable and certainly the uh the it's certainly not the start to training camp that the eagles wanted to see uh out of jalen rager he was a limited participant the first four days, uh, practiced yesterday, practiced today, or not yesterday, uh, two days, whatever, whatever it was. Man, I'm, I'm losing track at this point, but, um, mm-hmm. he hasn't done anything yet. Like I haven't seen him stand out in any way yet. And, um, I, I have seen other receivers stand out. And, you know, you mentioned Quez Watkins, thought he made some, first of all, uh, in one on ones, I really liked his route running today. And I don't remember that being sort of like, uh, a, a really, you know, thing that stood out about it. Like he had a good camp last year. But I don't recall him, you know, really running really good routes. Uh, and I th- thought he showed that in one on ones today. And then, um, uh, I believe it was during seven on sevens. He made this like leaping, twisting catch. Yeah. It was impressive. And, uh, he's made more plays, uh, in the two practices. Is it just two, right? Two, N- not three. Anyway, he has, well, he, had, he-, he, he was out for the first few practices as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it, he has, basically picked up uh right where he left off and gotten better uh in my opinion from last training camp to this camp and he's been making plays in the uh mm-hmm. you know couple of days that that he's been back uh practicing with the team so it's encouraging that you know he may have I think he might carve out an immediate role with this team from week 1 um mm-hmm. not a big role but you know maybe like Rotational. a a role that that like John Hightower had, uh, cause remember like, like this, he got a lot of decent number of snaps in that mm. week one loss to Washington and then very quickly scored, sort of squandered that opportunity. But I, I wonder if, uh, Quez will, will sort of, uh, carve out some kind of, um, uh, opportunity early on in the season and we'll see if he can do a better job of capitalizing on that if he does. Uh, another quick wide receiver note, uh, Travis Fulgham, uh, got the best of Darius Slay a mm-hmm. little bit there in one on ones. He, he beat him down the sideline for a catch. I think throw was nice throw actually from Joe Flacco, who's been better, by the way. Got to give Joe Flacco, some Jersey Joe, uh, some credit here. The by Jimmy's the way, in the Joes. Yeah, Jimmy's in the Joes. Were you uh, in on Flacco after practice? At I all was when not. He spoke to the, okay. Like, I know we've covered this before, but the accent is so thick, man. Like, I just, I can't, like, <laughs> listen to him and not think about how it's just such, it's just, it's so funny. I feel like I'm just, like, at a Wawa talking to, like, some random <laughs> right. guy. Like, it's just, it's just really so thick. Like, he should um, be an extra, like, mayor of Easttown. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just funny to me. I just, I feel like I've never noticed that before, uh, until the Eagles signed him. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, Fulgham and then also Fulgham dropped a pass. Once again, I'm not loving all these drops I'm seeing, but he did draw defensive pass interference on Slay. So I guess that was good. And that's the thing. Like, Quez, Fulgham, like some receivers are standing out, but like, Rager just haven't seen it yet, so maybe he can turn it around. We'll see. Um, I guess you kind of picked Quez as your next thing, but you kind of just dovetailed that into mind. Yeah, that's uh, okay. I, I have another oh. one that I can uh, throw out there. Okay. The, the, uh, the kicker it. had a little bit of a bounce back day. Jake Elliott was six for six on his kicks. He was two for six, or excuse me, four for six uh, the first day that he had kicks. He missed a 33-yarder, nearly missed a 38-yarder. And then he also missed a 49-yarder that first time he had kicks. Uh, kick today, and his, his makes were good from 33, 36, 39, 41, 44, and 47. Uh, I thought that only one of them was even remotely close to missing. So I thought he had a, a, a bounce-back day of sorts. I want to see him stack a bunch of uh, good days in a row before we start um, you know, <laughs> feeling a lot better about Jake Elliott. But uh, nice bounce-back day for him. Uh, yep. Six for six. It's a start. Agreed. Um, I'm going to pivot and go to uh, the – where was I going to go, Jimmy? I was going to go somewhere, and then I blanked. The defense? I was going to go Jason Huntley. Oh, offense, okay. actually. Uh, Jason Huntley has to make this team. Uh, I am going to say that right now, Jimmy, because Jason Huntley is really good. Once he gets daylight, he's gone. Like, no one's catching him. You give him a crease, you give him an opening – and he's just going to outrun everyone to the end zone. Like I've seen him do it now on multiple reps. I think the Eagles running back situation is interesting because it's a good group. Like Miles Sanders is going to make the team. Miles Sanders, who had another drop, by the way, today, not his first to camp. Not great. Um, as an aside, but, uh, yeah. So you have Miles Sanders. I think Boston Scott is clearly the number two on this team. I don't even think it's like, I don't think anyone else is sneaking in there. Like Boston Scott, I think it's yeah. been good yeah. for mm-hmm. starters. And second of all, like it's him and Sanders getting the first team work most of the time. Like you're not seeing a lot of other guys like rotating in there often. Um, so I think those are the first two. And then the three behind them, if they keep three behind them or if they keep two, we'll, you know, we'll see on that. Um, obviously I think Howard has had a nice start to camp, but we're going to be cooled down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing like, I don't know what to think of, uh, the Lions running back who I'm blanking on. Carry right on now. Johnson. Carry on. Like he's had some nice moments, but like, I don't know if it's enough to make the team. And I just think Huntley has made these big plays. And then obviously we think Gainwell is going to make it. So I don't know who's the odd man out here. What do you think? I hadn't keep, I haven't keeping five in my, yeah. in my pre-training camp 53. So I had him keeping Sander Scott, obviously Gainwell, obviously is going to make the team. I don't know. I don't know if Gainwell, by the way, I think Gainwell was a, was a guy that like a lot of people self-included like thought was a really good value pick. I haven't seen a ton out of him early on, and uh, I don't know if he'll have, you know, an immediate role uh, to start mm-hmm. the season. We'll see how that, you know. I don't think so. That, we'll see if that's right, first of all, and how that changes as the season goes along. But then I also like carry on Johnson and Jason Huntley. So Huntley, by the way, I don't think he's caught the ball well in, in camp so far, hmm. which is a little weird because in college, his last three se- – he went to New Mexico State. His last three seasons there, he averaged – uh, 42 catches per season, which is good. And, um, I actually, he, he, uh, talked, uh, to just a small handful of reporters, uh, after day five. And I asked him about that. I asked him, uh, I, I admitted to Jason Huntley that I had not watched, 
uh, many New Mexico State games and apologize to, to him for that. No offense, Jason. I didn't watch your college. Uh, but, uh, I asked him if like, you know, what those receptions look like. Like, was it just out of the backfield? Was it on screens and check downs and, and flares to the flat and that kind of thing? Or did New Mexico State like line you up, uh, in the slot and outside and, and sort of try to use you in a mismatch kind of way? And he kind of said that he, I don't know how much I believe the answer because he like, you know, I think he was maybe giving the answer that, that like he think he thought was the best, which was that, you know, he lined up sort of all over the formation. Uh, so I'm interested in, in maybe taking a look at it, like his highlights to see like if, if that actually did happen or not. But uh, he hasn't caught the ball well. And that's again, that's come as a little bit of a surprise because he did have a lot of receptions in college. But if he can show that like he's golden because he had yeah. like you mentioned, like he has like just the, the amount of times that we've got a chance to see his speed. Like it's not that often that running backs have a chance to even sprint down the field with the ball. Mm -hmm. So just that he's gotten that, like even the guys are tagging him or stuff like that, just that he's gotten those opportunities or whatever is, is, is good for him. And, uh, you know, he is very clearly one of the fastest players on the team. I'd probably have him as like one of the top three, uh, fastest players on this team. Uh, and, and for that reason, and because the Eagles kept him on their roster the entire season last year, I like his chances to stick on this roster this year. Also, when I saw the Eagles doing some special teams drills, like kickoff return, I actually note, wrote down the first team kickoff coverage players. If you really want to see that, I'm waiting your nation.com. Yeah, really I did that. Uh, I did that a while, a little while back too. Was he on there? Flex. Um, no, but he was one of the two returners. Yeah. Back, okay. Right. Returning kicks. It was just him and, and not Boston Kenny Scott, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just those two guys. Mm. So, uh, you know, another thing kind of interesting to note. I guess you should touch on Jalen Hurts a little bit here, Jimmy. Um, I thought he kind of had a really bad start to practice where they're doing that drill where they, they throw the ball into those hoops. Okay. And I don't know how much this really matters in terms of like, you know, actually being a good quarterback or whatever. It seems like it might matter a little. Um, uh, like Jalen Hurts could not make any of those throws. I don't think I saw him put one in the bucket. And also, <laughs> Joe Flacco really struggled with that too. Nick Mullins is good at it. Meanwhile, like he can he can put the ball in the hoop. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's kind of funny because like then I saw him overthrow Zach Ertz and Akeem Butler and routes on air, and then he got picked off by Josiah Scott, who kind of just continues to show up a little bit yeah. here and there. Um, I like Josiah. and then just like the accuracy again, just this issues there. Um, I feel like. The discourse around Hertz is interesting because, like you're saying yesterday, like you think he had his best practice, and I think there's a, a a lot of positivity being put out there elsewhere, and kind of like like I think some people think Jalen Hertz is having a really good training camp, and I don't really agree with that. I don't think he's having a terrible training camp, but I don't think he's having like a really good camp. I don't think he's having a strong camp by any means. He did get better, I think, in eleven on eleven today, had some good throws, and uh, I think part of it is that like he hasn't really had any big highlight throws. And yeah, especially today, but he has a couple, had a couple really deep throws mistakes. have been nice, but like, like he's been on the money on a few deep throws, but you're right. Like I, yes. there haven't been any plays where you're like, wow, that was, like Carson Wentz yes. for as bad as he was last year. And for as much as like we have slammed him <laughs> over the last year or so, like mm -hmm. he regularly in practice, he would have these wow plays. Like even if, even on bad days where he was like inaccurate, like overthrowing guys, throwing like 10 yards over guys' heads, there were you typically like a player or two every day where I was like, wow, that, 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 that is a legitimately very good play. I just want it on the record that I am not some anti Jalen Hurts guy because that gets, you know, that, that gets perpetuated <laughs> when you're not like only maybe positive about a player. Yeah. I was the one who said that you should not draft a quarterback unless they feel like, you know, they're just 
absolutely in love with him and have to sure. have him. Um, like now I wasn't just like, just get, get rid of Jalen Hurts at all costs. Never been my position. I think he deserves the year. I just haven't been super encouraged about him being this totally different player than he was last year, but I already kind of touched on that. So I guess we can move on. Uh, any other final observations from practice, Jimmy? Uh, yeah, let me just go down my list here. I don't think so. Uh, I have a quick one. Yeah. Let, let it rip. It's, uh, Anthony Harris, who, oh, haven't really yes, even I had him, him in there too. Yes. I actually forgot to put this in my notes too. <laughs> yeah. I, I tweeted this, but I forgot to put it in my notes right away. So I had to update them as I look back at my timeline. Uh, been a really quiet camp for him. Not necessarily in not, not, a, not a terrible way. thing. Just, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just like haven't really noticed him do a lot, which, you know, maybe he's just been in good position and whatever. But today he put a big hit, uh, on Travis Fulgham after Fulgham made a short catch, like a really big pop on him. So that was nice to see, you know, some physicality kind of wake up, uh, the defense and everyone. Uh, so that was good to see as well. And uh, another quick note on Sirianni, who actually was really fired up at one point, but not in a positive way, and was really getting on the offense, who seemed to like not line up properly. He actually kind of pulled like the offensive players back a little bit and was like really animated and like fired up and kind of being, I guess, what I'm presuming to tell them to kind of like, you know, like, let's get this together. Let's get our stuff together here. Like, let's stop messing around. Um, so that's fun to see, I guess, if you kind of like, you know, the idea that Sirianni is not going to let things slip, which I think is a fair point to make. Uh, yeah. So those are my two. What about you? One thing I'll add on Anthony Harris is he's listed at six one two o two, And, you know, that's like a normal size safety. I, actually, I think that's kind of like ideal size for a safety. And um, but to me, he looks like bigger. <laughs> like he looks big to me mm. out on the field. And maybe it's just because I'm used to seeing the Eagles employ so many shrimpy safeties over the last few years. Like, I mean, you just look, go down the list of safeties that they have and they're, you got like, you got like a lot of guys are like 5'10, 5'11 and small. Like the, it, it was, it was, it was a position that like Jim Schwartz didn't seem to give a crap if like it was a smaller player. Um, but he's, he's a lot bigger than uh, a lot of these other guys that we've seen uh, over the last few years. So I think that that'll be something that also uh, stands out to fans when they, when they first see this guy uh, lined up in the Eagles defense. Uh, I'm going to revisit that phrase a little bit later. Um, Jimmy, let's get into our MVP LVPs and then play of the day for okay. day six. I'm going to start first with MVP. It is clearly Zach McPherson. Not okay. even a question for me. Uh, he's really good encouraging we'll see if he can continue to stack days like this as you've used that turn of phrase earlier uh who do you have uh also zach mcpherson z mcp as z. everyone will now call him uh because it's a good nickname uh jimmy lvp <laughs> just for the last time uh andre dillard and then the last time. So even if he stinks again, you're not going to, I'm not, I'm not even going to bother. You just feel bad, <laughs> but, but okay. I feel like this is the definitive day where there's nobody in that front office that can think, Oh, this guy has a chance of being our starting left tackle. This is like, this was the mm. day that like that has to, it'll be interesting to see if he's back with the first team tomorrow. He shouldn't be in my opinion. Right. He probably will be, but he's not it, earning it. Yeah. He's yeah, not earning but, but like in my, in my view, like he, he has proven that he cannot be the starter for this team. Yeah, that's. I just want to reemphasize that like he is not earning starting left tackle reps right now. <laughs> right. No, the only reason the Eagles are putting them him out there right now is because he was a first round pick <laughs> exactly. a couple of years ago. That's the and or because and or because they just don't want to merely hand Jordan Mailata the job. But like, I think you know, Jordan Mailata, if he's going to be the starter, 
like why not have him work with his teammates that he's going to be playing yes. with and like give him as many reps as he can. I know obviously he's not like the exact teammates because Sumalo isn't even out there and Brendan Brooks isn't out there right now, but still. Well, playing you know, him next like, to Herbie makes is more valuable than playing him next to Ross Piersbaker. Yes. 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 Yeah, you got the pronunciation right. Good job <laughs> by you, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have Dillard as my LVP as well. It's actually the first time in camp, but again, you really should have been on here more. And I will continue to mark him down if that is the case. Okay. Not personal. I'll also put him down to the MVP if he has a great sure. this. You know, I'm being fair here. Of course. Um, play of the day, Jimmy. What is that for you? I'm going to go with the aforementioned leaping, twisting catch okay. by Mr. Quez Watkins. <laughs> that is the third day in a row where you've chosen Quez Watkins <laughs> in your play of the day. He's so, a baller, uh, baby. Congrats to Quez. I am going to go with Josh Wett flattening Andre Dillard. Uh, the that's ground. a good choice. Yeah. It's just like, again, you just don't Depending see Depending on how you look time. at it. It could also be like the low light of the day. Yeah, well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, but Josh Wett's had a really good training camp. We've already kind of covered that. I do want to say Derek Barnett is having a good camp, too. I agree. Like, like don't. I think everyone's like, oh, Josh Wett, and he should get a lot of hype and attention because he's been good. But, like, it's not that Derek Burnett has been bad. It's like Derek Burnett has been good. He actually had a nice rep today, I thought, where he sniffed out a quarterback run, and he basically had Hurts dead to rights in the flat for either, like, a tackle for loss or no gain. Um, So, yeah, I think Derek Burnett has been good. Also, on Mylotta, I wanted to say earlier, like, I saw Derek Burnett drive Jordan Mylotta back at one point, but, and, like, he beat him. He beat Mylotta. But, it, like, the way he did it, it wasn't like fast, you know, like where Dillard loses like instantly. Mm-hmm. Like my lotta at least like kind of stalled him a little bit. And you kind of touched on that already. Like even when my lotta loses, like he at least like buys a quarterback a little bit of right, time. Right, he doesn't right. get like instantly destroyed or cooked. Um, so yeah, just to kind of beat that horse to death. Jimmy, any final thoughts here as we wrap up? Uh, we have the first, um, open practice coming up soon, right? What's today? Mm hmm. Today is Tuesday, and that's what, Sunday? So come on. I think so. The 8th, I believe. Anyway, so uh, we hope to see some of our listeners uh, at that open practice. Get uh, I don't know if you need tickets for that or not, but if you do, get them and say hello when we're there. Yes, please do. Also, if you like Bleeding Green Nation radio's coverage of Eagles training camp so far, Hit us with the hashtag shrimpy safeties to uh, let us know you're listening <laughs> and you like what's going on. Also, if you like what's going on, why not leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts? And a question, and we'll and answer it on the podcast. A question. We have some, I think there's a couple of questions, Jimmy, that we still have to get to. So we'll get to those at some point. Um, we'll figure it out here. We will get to them at some point. Guarantee. Uh, this has been BGN Radio episode 199. Follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green and BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio for all the updates and coverage. Check out my practice notes. In addition to what we talked about here, there's even more info on BleedingGreenNation.com for me and PhillyVoice.com for Jimmy. Uh, also, check out the SB Nation NFL show, which is back in full force. Jimmy, five days a week. Just talked about Carson Wentz and the Colts and maybe Nick Foles Ooh, going to You Indy. know what we should mention real quick before we go? Yes. Dak Prescott had a setback on his injury. I did too. see that. So he, what was it, his shoulder, and mm-hmm. uh, they're holding him back for, again, this, like, these local reporters for all these teams, they'll just report anything that the team tells them for precautionary reasons or whatever. Eh, really? So we'll see. there's uh, there's some intrigue there, in my opinion. 
Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. I'm always of the mind, you know, when you look at like that and like the Saquon stuff too. Like the yes. Giants have been like unusually cautious with Saquon. It's kind of like, you know, there's some kind of question there. Don't just like take everything at face value and be like, oh, they're going to be fine. Like, I don't know. They might not be. And Dak obviously had that shoulder issue going back to late in the 2019 season when he was potentially going to miss that game against the Eagles in week 16, but he didn't. He played through it. And I don't know. Maybe that wasn't the best decision if it's still, you know, some kind of long-term injury. Right. But uh, we'll be talking that injury, Jimmy, on the NFC East mixtape. So that ties in nicely to my next plug there with RJ, Ochoa, and I or me, whatever, which one of those two applies. And yeah. And me. We'll be talking about the Cowboys, the Giants, the fight that apparently broke out at Giants training camp, the Washington football team, and the Eagles, of course, on the NFC East mixtape that'll be coming out on Wednesday, August 4th, as we are recording right now on August 3rd. RJ and I are going to be doing that podcast tonight. So check all that out. And we'll be back with you here for Eagles training camp day seven recap in the afternoon on Wednesday, in addition to getting the mixtape. So a big podcast day here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, which is obviously sponsored by Righteous Selling Craft Jerky, which you can go to get by going to RighteousSelling.com using discount BGN15 for 15% off. This was a big, massive plug session at the end of the podcast. I am not very good <laughs> at keeping a lot things of plugs short there, yeah. and brief. <laughs> yeah, I, like, some people end podcasts really well. Uh, and I just don't. I just ramble, and you might be already tuned out. So if you're still listening to this, we appreciate you even more. Jimmy, that's it. I'm done. Bye, Bye everybody. B-G-N. <laughs>